Welcome to Watershed's February podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove. I'm the cinema curator at Watershed. Um, I'm delighted to welcome you all to a look ahead at um, what we've got coming up this month. And what we've got coming up this month is a large amount of Japanese film. Uh, February is traditionally the month when we do the, the Japan Foundation um, touring programme. Uh, and this is now in its 19th year. And I'm delighted that to be joined by Raina Dennison, who is not only um, a specialist in Japanese cinema, but is also the new professor of film and digital arts at Bristol University. So welcome. Hello, Raina. Mark. Hi, Hi everyone. <laughs> so, so Raina um, has, as I said, has just um, started in Bristol. So how, how, I mean, just a few months back, haven't you? Yeah, just about four months ago. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's how been you, brilliant. How are you finding it? <laughs> well, I love the watershed for a start. Um, right. Thank you I'm not much. just saying that. It's It's been wonderful to come here and see how much there's going on in yeah. terms of cinema in Bristol. It's fantastic. Well, well um, of course, and, and, and I, I, I was introduced to you and realised the Japanese specialism and immediately said, oh, I've got uh, I've got Onibaba coming yeah, up. Special yeah. 35 millimetre print of Onibaba. Um, would Such you, an amazing would, film. Would you introduce it, which you did, which you did last year? Yeah, it was great. I, I mean, it's such a wonderful film, such a great way of introducing people, not just to Japanese horror movies, which have been very popular, but also to Japanese art cinema and to the 1960s and 70s of Japanese cinema. It's just such a great movie. And it, it's so, as I found out, um, to my cost, I have to say, very, very rarely screened in yeah. cinema. Um, and it was a great, we did it through BFI Japan and the print was in the country and we got it. And um, it is a Kind of very formative film for me and as I discovered for for a whole load of people it's it's kind of got a bit of a, a cult status isn't it yeah definitely I think one of the things people people didn't realize when J-horror hit big um, through Tartan Asia Extreme in the, mm. the 1990s and 2000s was that Japan's been making horror films forever mm. and some of the earlier ones like Onibaba um, from the 1960s were actually a lot more political, they were more experimental, they were more about all the possibilities that had opened up as the studio system declined in the 60s and directors got a chance to try out some of the things that had been circulating through Japanese cinemas in the post-war period, you know, things like the, the French New Wave had been coming over and, and Italian neorealism. So people who became filmmakers in that era were really trying a lot of new things. There was new technologies like handheld cameras, lots of amazing um, on-location shooting in the 60s, which really changed the, the look and feel of a lot of Japanese cinema. So it was a fantastic, just a fantastic period of opening up and yeah, experimentation. Yeah. But it is that, that thing with um, uh, Japanese cinema and indeed a lot of um, other national cinemas mm -hmm. um, in the UK, they're often... Um, they're often viewed through the auteurs. Yeah. Uh, you know, Japan has got its fair share of, of auteurs, you know, going all the way back. Ozu, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then, and then uh, Kurosawa, you know, coming up to sort of con more contemporary Kiteshi Kitano and, and, mm -hmm. and, and um, but, but you see it as those kind of, it's almost like it's those individual filmmakers. And I think what's yeah. great about the Japan touring programme is you get a sense of a, the wider, industry because of course they've got a huge industry and, and are making yep. films all the time yeah 350 plus films a year come out of japan really yeah, yeah. 
yeah. yeah. What's amazing about it, though, is the, the disparities within the industry for me. There was a really good book called Asian Screen Industries a while back. And in there, um, Daryl William Davis and Emily Yue Yuye talk about how television is now the engine driving a lot of Japanese popular cinema. Mm. So there's a lot coming through now that looks and feels influenced by TV. But at the same time, there's maybe, you know, if you look at the top 20 every year from Japan, there's a lot of franchise texts in there, lots of big movies that are attached to TV series or or anime in particular, which is very popular. Of course, that's well. the other, yeah, I mean, that's the genre mm-hmm. that's, that's, well, it's, well, I mean, it's, once you start unpicking it, you yeah. go, hang on a minute, there's anime, there's J-horror, there's, yep. there's, there's all sorts of stuff. But in addition, there's yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff that's been happening in recent years that's really exciting. Yeah. Lots of documentary production, and that really struggles to find a home in cinemas. So that's been going, you know, back and forth through TV and the internet now. But you're also getting films that are made outside of the studio systems in Japan, um, films being made by co-production with Asia or with Europe. Um, And that's been going on for ages as well. But you're also getting things made by um, films being made by people going to, um, you know, the big online funding sites. So mm. in Japan, there's one called Makuake that a lot of filmmakers have started using just to get seed funding for movies. So are and these like um, um, Japanese streaming platforms? And uh, They're more like um, Kickstarter, that kind uh, of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of really public funding, people just putting their money into filmmakers and into their, their ideas. And that's really exciting as well, mm. because right now the Japanese film industry is dominated by massive conglomerates that are mm. tying together those TV shows with films and those sorts of things. And funding, you know, funding streams like big production houses, big producer, producing houses like Asmic Ace that are funding certain kinds of productions, but not others. So finding those, those exciting new pockets of funding I think is is starting to hopefully drive a wedge between or drive a wedge into the door that's letting people into the industry that wouldn't have otherwise been there, including female film directors in Japan. Yeah, and and is is that um, so? Is there a is there a healthy and sort of vibrant independent um, filmmaking scene? Yeah, I'd love to say yes, and and I think there is a growing one. But it's not easy for filmmakers in Japan, particularly if they want to be independent of the big studios. Yeah, um, I've talked to I think, few directors. I think that's probably the same. same it's case probably true too. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, I've talked to quite a few film directors. You know, and one kind of off the record was talking to me about how he doesn't drink, and that makes it really difficult because a lot of the funding for Japanese films is done over big drunk, you know, drunken dinners in. You know, yeah, I've seen I've seen those nice scenes, restaurants. I've seen those, and, I've seen those scenes in films. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and another was saying that a lot of new filmmakers, you know, they they'll be able to get a little bit of funding from their universities to make their their first movies. Yeah, but then they struggle after that to get funding for movie two and three. Um, yeah, and that forces a lot of people back into television. Yeah, um, or they they go the other way and try and find funding from abroad or funding from yeah. these these kind of more Kickstarter kind of platforms. But it is definitely not easy to break into the industry out there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, one of the, um, as the tour was, we were putting the tour together with the Japan Foundation, we had, of course, um, forgive my pronunciation, Ryusuke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was a huge... It's been um, massive this year. It's yeah. a huge festival hit, a yeah. huge critical hit. 
Mm-hmm. And, and what was what I found really interesting was um, in terms when we showed it at Watershed, we had a high percentage of eighteen to thirty year old. Um, oh, that's amazing! T- t- ticket sales, you know, un- under twenty five because we have mm-hmm. an under twenty five ticket. Um, that's yeah. what it was. I could see how many sales there were, and I'm thinking. Um, no, I understand. You know, a lot of enthusiasm from young people for anime, but mm-hmm. I was really um, intrigued by that enthusiasm for a three hour road, road, road movie. I mean, I is mean, that your... I doesn't love a road movie. I, I know, but, you know, I, I know, but I sometimes, I sometimes, you, you know, what, what the perception is actually, what, what the perception often is, is young people, you know, one escapist, accessible, easy cinema. I think, I think actually the, the South Korean film actually, Parasite, I think, mm-hmm. you know, demonstrated and the director of that said um, it's really easy to get over that hurdle of the subtitle. And mm-hmm. what I've been sensing is that, that, you know, younger people that often are assumed, oh, they won't be interested in this, won't be interested in that, are actually consuming a lot of subtitles yeah. and seeking out a lot of subtitle things through the internet, through online mm-hmm. and stuff. And so actually I'm much as receptive, if not more so, to a three-hour Japanese talking, you know, very talky road movie. I think we're very lucky here because we've got the University of Bristol, obviously. There's a lot of young people around who Mm. are very passionate about film. Um, I see that every day at work, that Mm. our students love, love movies. Um, And this is, I think, something like um, Drive My Car is, is one of those where it got a bit of a reputation going through the film festivals and so people were quite excited about it. Mm. And so it got a bit of word of mouth going before it arrived here in the UK and that helps mm. get people to it, of course. But that's part of the problem when you've got you know three or 400 films being made a year, mm. we might see 10 of them if we're yeah. lucky. And that includes anime. You know, it's, it's not a huge amount of films that get distribution here to the yeah. UK from Japan yeah. every year. And, so, so and what excites me is, is the fact that, you know, young people are looking for different kinds of content now. And I yeah. think things like the streaming platforms have helped open, mm. open up those markets. You know, people are watching things in foreign languages through those streaming platforms, perhaps now more than they were before, because the, the big hits of the last few years haven't all been English hits. Something like mm. Squid Game is a really yeah. interesting example of that. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's having a knock-on effect and that people are now coming to the cinema again to see films that are not just Hollywood blockbusters is brilliant as well. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, may it last. And I, I fully endorse that message. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is what the Japan touring program is, is about, is yeah. you know, again, what you realise, you know, as you said, there's over 300 films made a year in Japan. How many are released in the UK? And, and, and only the very tip of that yeah. um, iceberg. And what the touring program is doing is, is allowing us to get uh, more into. Um, so, other what what did you what's your sort of overview of the program and and you know what what's kind of highlights? What would you sort of draw people's attention to? I, there's so many great movies in here, and so there, there's a there's a few things that I'm I'm kind of I've been watching a few filmmakers I've been watching for years that are in the program either here in Bristol or outside of it that I think are exciting. Um, so I'm a big fan of Oguri Shun. He's been acting in films for probably the better part of two decades now. And I just, I find him an interesting actor. He, he makes interesting choices. So he, he appears in all kinds of different movies and 
has a very varied acting performance style. So I really like his work and he's in um, one of the films. But I think something like um, Uchida Eiji's, Eiji's um, sorry, uh, Shrieking in the Rain is going to mm. be really exciting as well. Mm. Um, I was... Which I is kind actually, of love... Sorry, I was going to say, which is actually about filmmaking. Yeah, I was going to say... I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love movies that are about filmmaking and we've seen so many of those in coming over from Japan in recent years that have yeah. done really, really well. The zombie one, Last Cut of the Dead, it was, you know, that was a big hit a couple of years ago. Mm. But you also had the big... 2012 winner of the Tokyo International Film Festival, which was The Woodsman in the Rain, which is about, again, local culture in Japan coming up against filmmaking culture and, and kind of how, how what Japan's being representing in films is kind of different to people's actual experience of Japan and bringing that to the fore. Um, and Uchida Eiji is one of those, those directors who I've been watching for a while and his films are always really, really exciting to watch, I think, visually, and just in terms of the, the pace, the narrative, those sorts mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. So that one's definitely one I will be going to see. So that was Shrieking in, <laughs> shrieking in the Rain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and for me, there's other things about Japanese cinema that, that don't get talked about a lot. We used to talk, when we talked about the auteur model of cinema, mm -hmm. about those kind of director's visions and how beautiful the films were. And, and you don't hear that as much anymore about Japanese cinema. So I think when you get films like um, Takashi Maruyama's Spaghetti Code Love, mm. which is absolutely gorgeous to look at, mm. when those kinds of movies are coming over, that's great. But I mean, one of the things that's nice about the Japan Touring, you know, Japan Foundation Touring Festival is you get these movies that are so different to other kinds of movies we would see. Mm. So there's movies like, I was looking at one of them, that's by one of the big directors, Tsutsumi, um, who's, he's doing everything. So he did the 20th Century Boys trilogy and he makes all these big, big movies in Japan. Mm. So to see one of those over here is really exciting. Mm. Um, those are the kinds of big popular movies that make lots of money in Japan and they never come over here otherwise, yeah. you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's excitement there. Yeah, it is interesting that sort of translation, you know, big hits mm. in some countries that just don't, they don't sort of connect or don't yeah. translate. It's such a kind of difficult, but... In um, fact, you, you've got the film coming. It's First Love. Right. Um, it's Tsutsumi uh, Yukihiko, and he did all, he's done all kinds of things. So he's one of those filmmakers mm. who's part of what they call the media mix in Japan. Mm -hmm. So he works often with big television companies and he... He'll do a TV show for them and then he'll make the movie version of it. Um, so this film, First Love, I think sounds really exciting mm. because it's, he makes all kinds of movies. He does romances, he does big um, sci-fi epics, he does historical epics and everything in between. Um, so this movie I think is really exciting because it's actually a bit of a departure for him again. And he's doing more of a crime drama, psychological crime drama. And, you know, anyone who knows Japanese cinema will know Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon kind of made unreliable narration famous around the world. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. another movie playing off that track right. yeah, yeah. of unre unreliable narration. So I'm really excited about that one as well. Um, well one of the things that I was, I was thinking about, and I, I, I um, haven't seen uh, any of these films and I'm looking forward to you. You're whetting my appetite um, <laughs> for the, for the programme. Is the with Spaghetti Code Love, you know, just looking at it and the, think um, and reading about it and thinking also about um, Drive My Car and um, yeah. we're also going to be screening um, not not as part of the tour, but uh, it's opening in cinemas is Hamaguchi's Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. And what I found really interesting is that it it the the very the very 
um, dialogue mm -hmm. um, heavy about relationships and about young people and about young people's sort of, um, uh, you know, whether I'm, I mean, just lives and whether anxieties about relationships, yeah. about modern life, about, um, and I just feel that the Japanese are doing that really interestingly and really well in terms of that sort of, you know, what young people are, are sort of in, having to engage with. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more um, social problem movies coming mm -hmm. through now, I think. And part of that will be in response to the popularity of filmmakers like Hirokazu Koreeda and Shoplifters mm -hmm. and those sorts of things becoming popular. Mm -hmm. But equally, Japan has an aging, a rapidly aging population. Mm -hmm. So I think in part, some of these movies are trying to explain the anxieties youth are feeling to older generations, right. as much as they're trying to work through mm. social anxieties that the young have mm. in relation to one another and trying to reinvigorate discussions around youth yeah. and, and maturity and how one becomes a, an adult in Japan and what that means. So there's all kinds of really interesting coming of age no. stories. That, that's interesting because, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing about Koreeda, who we've, we've screened mm. and done retrospective of, yeah. is, is that intergenerational, mm -hmm. you know, it's intergenerational dialogue and communication, yeah. isn't it? Um, which is so, so wonderful. Yeah, I think it's one of the hallmarks of his films. He um, used to be accused of being like Ozu, so Yasujiro Ozu, one of the big directors of the golden age of Japanese cinema, because Ozu used to do a similar thing with family dramas that looked at the relationships and the, the gaps between generations in the post-war period. Um, but I think Koreeda does a, a completely different thing. And, and a movie like Shoplifters really does demonstrate how different it is, mm. because he's not even talking necessarily about families with blood relations. He's not necessarily talking about mm. Yeah, that's what's great. Functional sure. families. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, after the storm is great for that kind of thing as well, where it's, yeah. it's completely dysfunctional families and thinking through why families become dysfunctional. Um, I love his, his kind of take on the family is really interesting. But some of these other movies that we're seeing through the Japan Touring Foundation, or uh, sorry, Japan Foundation Touring Show, are just as much about the kind of older generations separated yeah. You know, in one movie and the younger generation in another movie. And I like that we're getting more of a sense of different parts of Japanese culture through mm. watching these films. Yeah. It, it gives us a real, a real insight into mm. what's going on, mm. particularly in, in what Japan is presenting to the world about its, its issues, its, its culture, its, its thought processes around social anxiety and issues. Well, of, of course, that's the great thing. Modernity. With we're seeing so many, um, you know, the films together is, mm. is, is a bit of a kind of litmus test or a kind of yeah. <laughs> um, snapshot of sort of sensibilities, yeah. isn't it, that you get insight into a country. How, however, one of the things I'm, I'm keen on is, is to, um, and, and the, the tour does, is always have a kind of retrospective title. And mm. I don't know if this one's known to you, The Hunter's Diary. Um, I haven't seen it before. No, no. It's. I saw you were screening it. And was really yeah, excited it's, about it's it. A really um, intriguing, sort of almost Hitchcockian sort of premise uh, about uh, it's. It's and I and I actually kind of relates in some ways. I felt um, to Onibaba in the sense that it, it, it's a guy who has a string of affairs um, mm -hmm. and he's 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 abusive um, and. The, the the women that he has affairs with start to die and uh, killed and tragic way and then you know it begins to kind of get pinned on him and mm -hmm. and it's 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 a it's a kind of revenge film from a from a woman's perspective about yeah. a kind of misogynistic 
um, guy, you know. And and you know, just thinking about that from um, sorry, I've just not got the year in front of me of the of the film, but again, nineteen sixty four. Well, it kind of it feels <laughs> yeah. like you know, there's, there's a, a similar thing about female strength and empowerment, as it were. Going back to the discussion about Onibaba. Yeah, yeah, and this is one of those the big themes of the kind of more artistic side of Japanese cinema that was coming through the the Nouvelle Vague or Nouvelle Vague of mm. Japan as it was coming through in the sixties. There was a lot of pushback against previous generations censorship because Japanese film had been heavily censored before the war, during the war, and then after the war by the occupation um, uh, by the allied powers. So in the sixties, when things started to free up and people could make more different kinds of movies. And when the studio system started to decline and started to make use of more extreme, if you like, themes within cinema, things like sexuality and violence. Mm -hmm. We see an explosion of these kinds of movies suddenly dealing with much more mature topics and mm -hmm. themes. Pornography became one of the most important genres in Japan in mm -hmm. the 70s and 80s. And, and we see a lot of art cinema coming through those kind of soft core pornography productions well, as well. Famously, the in the realm of the senses. Yeah. I guess, yeah. And again, um, Oshima made that movie to be extreme. You know, mm. he made it in part in co-production with France so that he could do things, show things in that movie, Realm of the Senses, that could not be produced or developed or edited together in Japan itself. Mm -hmm. So it became a really interesting case study for an international co-production between Japan and France because France was more permissive about what yeah, yeah. kinds of things you could film. And so you get these movies, and I think The Hunter's Diary is another one where they're they're exploring issues, the psychology, which was very popular at the time in Japanese cinema. They were also looking at the subaltern, the things that you couldn't show before, the things you couldn't talk about. And those really came to the fore through these more um, art cinema so mm. sorts of productions. Mm. And and I have to say the other the other thing about Hunter's Diary is we are showing it off of 35 millimeter. So oh, we'll, we'll be showing it on film, um, which, which is great. I think it's an archive. Um, print. Well, ho hopefully that has um, whetted um, people's appetite for not only the Japan Foundation uh, touring programme that's going to be on at Watershed and at other cinemas across the UK through this, this month, but also to perhaps search out some of the other um, directors and films that, that we've been talking about. There is just so much out there to find and it's it's amazing, you know, we think we know Japanese cinema because we know a few authors. So to find other other new places to go, other new filmmakers, and particularly, I think at the moment we're seeing more female filmmakers coming through, which is mm. really exciting. Mm. Um, more filmmakers who are trying to talk about, you know, issues that mm. are really prescient, you know, or, or at least really present in Japan today. Yeah, yeah. So to find out more information, go to watershed.co.uk and look for search for Japan. And hopefully we shall see you at some of the screenings. And Raina, I'm sure um, you'll be there as well. Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much, Raina. All right. Thank you, Mark. That's all for this month. <laughs>